Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. In the previous episode, we introduced the concept of bliss, which is the third letter in our name. Yeah, we finally got there. We got to bliss. By season nine. Even if it's in theory alone, (laughs) we're there, we got to be. (laughs) So now our full name is somewhere in a podcast. That's cool. Yeah, finally. Yeah, it took nine seasons. Yeah. Or eight plus. So bliss is effectively where we get to in our lifetime of fate. But it's not the end of our fate. It's the way in which we realize the unwritten part of our fate. Exactly. So it guides our fate when we're at a point of co-creating it. Yeah. So if you know you're a divine and you're in this blissful space of knowing you're in you're the divine and living in now moment, mm-hmm. you can create anything you want. Yeah, pretty much. Anything is possible. That's So that's what happens when you reach bliss. That's the moment where anything is really possible. Yes, exactly. Not just theoretically. No. So I guess this is like theory class. Okay. <laughs> bliss 101. Bliss 101. <laughs> that probably would have been an easier title for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it makes sense because actually like, you know, we talk about how anything is possible and, you know, limitless possibility and all of that when it comes to this work that we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. But I've always kind of felt like even though fate has hundreds of thousands of options. Yes. Or thousands of thousands of options, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. They always still felt fairly narrow. Mm-hmm. You know, like when we talk about, all right, well, if it doesn't work one way, you're going to have to try and find another way. You're going to have to try and find another way. Or like sometimes like you can come up against a wall and you keep kind of hitting that wall. And I've always thought, well, fate doesn't seem to be as expansive as I'd like it to be. Yeah. Because sometimes I want what I want and I'm not getting it. And so I don't like thinking that it's my fate that's the one thing not that's kind of not allow it, allowing yeah. it to me. Yeah. But like, so it kind of seems a bit like sometimes when I think of fate, I think, mm, do we have as many possibilities as like I want us to, I guess? Yeah, you do. We just aren't able to realize it from the sort of limited point of view that we often carry when we're people who have come out of our karma. It's all about our perspective and where we're coming from, right? So when we talk about fate having all those possibilities, those all those possibilities do not exist necessarily at the same time because they can be at any given time in our lives, right? Where I might have X number of thousand possibilities when I'm 20, I could have twice that number at 35. Not that our fate is necessarily age-dependent, but we're going to have different possibilities at different junctures. Okay. Okay? So it's not as if we're saying that we have those hundreds of thousands of possibilities all the time. It's just at different times. Okay. Okay? So when we're approaching our fate from the place of bliss, right? The place of bliss that we introduced in the previous episode is an ever-evolving state of being. And it is a state of being, which is unlike love. Even though we said that they're similar in yeah. terms of they're not the same thing, but they're both on equal footing, right? Yeah. Or they're yeah. both sort of equal vibe. Where love is a verb, bliss is a state of being. You are in bliss, but you exercise love. Yeah. All the possibilities, when we're in that place of bliss, all the possibilities widen, as in they expand. We expand our fate tapestry. And we expand it horizontally, as in future, So in my mind, when I see the fate tapestry and what is unwritten, I think there was some episode, I want to say it was season nine because it was fate. There was a sort of horizontal and vertical widening of perspective as we could see more in our fate. In this case, it is much more of a horizontal expansion. 
because it's much more future driven or it's coming later and later. So it's a bit like, I feel like shit. I'm going to go for a session with this random lady in the gym and oh wait, we're going to become friends. Oh wait, we're going to start a podcast. Oh wait, from this podcast, I'm going to learn how to like edit a podcast and put out a podcast. And then I'm going to start writing books and I'm going to learn even more through those books. And I'm going to enjoy giving people advice and I'm going to enjoy looking at things in a different way. And okay, we're going to do modules now. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to apply my life differently. All right, so now actually I want to take all of that and I want to keep going with KMB, but I'm actually going to start something else which looks a bit different to that. And what's that going to exactly focus on? And, mm-hmm. you know, all right, so from there, actually I'm going to d- develop a love for this. And at the same time, doing all of this I'm remembering that I love singing and I'm going to go back and start singing again and I'm going to start doing all that music stuff and at the same time as that I'm going to remember that I that I also used to love embroidering and now I want to incorporate like talking about tapestries into my everyday fucking life (laughs) and it comes full circle with the tapestry (laughs) you know so it's like all this natural progression and it looks like my life is all over the place but actually in every single aspect of my work I'm doing what I love yeah and so in all of what you said which is really interesting to me because I was wondering if you were going to go there which is none of what you mentioned really had anything to do with what you were doing when you were in your karma no yeah yeah but what's interesting is that all the stuff I was doing in my karma definitely lends to it yeah well you say that I did the podcast in my karma yeah but (laughs) <laughs> the the stuff that really evolved from that. But what's interesting is that when I was doing all of that stuff in my karma, so I'll mm. give you this, yeah. like when we started the podcast of my karma, you know, stuff, I was definitely coming from a place of I need to be good enough. Mm. So this will give me the keys and secrets to how I'm good enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was definitely like a desire to prove that I was good enough. So it was always about like how many listeners we had, how many times... We charted. Oh, did you know we were new and noteworthy? Oh, did you know we were first in the charts here? Oh, do you know we were first in the charts there? Like all that mm-hmm. stuff fucking mattered. Mm-hmm. And then it always, and then now it kind of got to, then it got to a place where I was like, you know what? If two people listen or no people listen or a million people listen, it's fine because I get to wake up every day and do what I love. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah. As long as I can keep doing that, my life is enough. Mm-hmm. So it really changed the kind of the space from where I was approaching it. And then as a result of that, because I don't really hold any fear around it, because it's not, it's not dependent on my survival, right? Like Your survival's not dependent on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My survival's not dependent on it. So like, it's like, it's just, I love it. I enjoy it. But if tomorrow it didn't happen, okay, yeah, I'll figure something else out. Because the one thing I can say is that every episode of this podcast is imprinted on me. Mm-hmm. Every page I've written is imprinted on me. It's written on me. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to be the person who did all those things. They're always, I'm always going to hold them. So regardless of what I do tomorrow, some of that will stick with me because it's part of me. Mm-hmm. So I don't hold fear if like, you know, tomorrow podcasting collapses. Yeah. All right. I'll figure something else out, you know? Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel. Mm-hmm. But I've always approached my career from this way. I've always kind of gone to what feels right next because mm-hmm. I had that big break. Yeah. When I was in my early 20s trying to work in a law firm, trying to fit into kind of what was meant for me and since then I've always kind of followed my nose followed my heart when it comes to my work mm. so I'm used to it but I definitely and you can definitely tell it's not an ego thing when and this is definitely a pursuit of love when I know when I could see in the eyes of everyone around me what the fuck is she doing <laughs> you know and that's even still to this day they're just like you're what still is she doing, doing that How? podcast yeah like you're still like what about your other company like that's a really great great idea like why are you putting more into that or for most people that's really difficult to understand mm-hmm. that I will follow my heart and it matters more to me that I'm in joy and happiness every day mm-hmm. than making more money 
it's not about my survival anymore. Because for me, if I can't live as me, mm-hmm. really as me, and be in joy, I don't particularly want to live. Yeah. So for me, survival isn't an option. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to wait for the next better day to come. Because I just, I lived my life like that for too long and I was too upset about no, it. No, most people operate from that bare minimum place. Yeah. That's why what we, you know, what you were describing, which has kind of been, you know, came naturally for you, isn't necessarily natural for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much anyone who was born before 2010 will have been influenced by what, you know, the sort of 3D approach to work and survival it's not going to necessarily, you know, that sort of leapfrogging along your fate isn't necessarily going to seem like the thing to do, right? We're mm-hmm. still locking younger generations into this notion of, you know, fewer and fewer. But, mm, like you the know, job for life or whatever. Right. Well, you're just going to university first, right? Or not trying anything until you have, until you're sure and secure. You know, financial insecurity is something that is going to continue to govern our approach to life. For a while now, like we're still going to be seeing that for another three years at least. So we're going to be pigeonholing younger generations into roles and functions in order for them to actually support us. And so rather than living from their fate, they're going to either be living from a sort of karmic collective approach, right? Of, you know, I'm bound to this family, community, etc. Or they're just going to be so burdened with debt that doesn't necessarily belong to them entirely, that going to be working whatever in order to do it. But if we pay attention, and if those who are parents can do this and keep a really open mind and just sort of see where these young ones are going, you're going to see that these younger generations are completely capable and they know it. Mm. And they really won't have anything else to push up against except what they're seeing outside of them. Are they like me in the sense they need something to push up against? No, no, they're not meant to. So how do we wire in this new way of living then if if it's not something that's natural to us? Because whilst it's natural for me, for example, in my career, it's not natural for me in relationships, right? Mm -hmm. We all have our place. Yeah. (laughs) I can't say I'm perfect and I live this life forever. Like for me, definitely, like anyone who will read, have read, continues to read any of our books will know that I definitely was not like that when it came to relationships. Like before... My karmic undoing, I was not heart-led at all. I was entirely brain-led, right? Mm -hmm. And then during, I was starting to rely on my heart more, Mm -hmm. but still not sure. And even at the beginnings of 5D, it was all just a bit of a game. Like, I wasn't quite sure where I was going or what I was doing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't so much like with my career. I was like, this feels right. Off I go. So how do we wire that in? Because we kind of approached it from a quote-unquote work Mm. perspective it's more purpose-based right yeah but you could apply the this approach to pretty much anything when you're in sort of higher consciousness and just and you're figuring out your life but the first bit is you know having a real passion for life right like giving a shit about why we're here and wanting to be here it's about i am here is the statement right so when it comes to bliss what's interesting is that your passion is your greatest motivator and the other thing that helps us wire this in is the ability to live on our own It's not necessarily solitude, but it's not driven by any outside influence. The statement is, I am alive. And then the final piece is being able to maneuver within the consciousness game. Now, what do you mean by that? I know. And this is actually having to do with divine consciousness. So the statement around this is, I am divine. It's effectively that we can grow ever more conscious despite the collective consciousness around us. 
Okay, so even if, they, for example, like the jump isn't made or everyone's losing their shit around us, we can still grow in consciousness. And always, enjoy it. always. But okay. you give yourself permission and you allow yourself to grow and outgrow people. Okay. In that process. Okay. Yeah, my life and what I do with it matters more than maintaining this friendship group. Or I know that this might kind of hurt in, you know, my family relationships or my parents may not approve even though I'm an adult and their approval still matters, maybe, who knows. Um, but I'm st- I still got to do it. Okay, fine. So the three things are, I am here, I am alive, I am divine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, those are the keys to bliss. But it just kind of feels a little bit impossible, to be honest, to get Honestly. to bliss. As I said in the last episode, much more than this one, whether or not we want to be, we are mired in some collective shit. And yes, you say quite easily, oh, we could outgrow like our families and our relationships and our friends <laughs> and that whatever. But like, that's not whatever's for me. <laughs> no, no, you know? no, no. So would I choose to leave everyone I love behind in order for me to, I don't know, grow and evolve more? The choice becomes a lot easier when we've gone through our karmic undoing. And that was the whole point, which is... That's the whole point of karma, is to empower us to be able to make all the choices to live in our fate. And again, that's how we transition from karma to magic to bliss. Just by making choices. Yeah. And that's the natural organic evolution that we're better off doing than sort of like, oh, let me just go take ayahuasca and then I'm just going to change my whole life. Well, because it doesn't stick. You're still going to have to make all the choices for your betterment, even the tough ones. You know, it's funny as we talk about bliss in this way, and I think it's like anything that has theory, it kind of takes some of, I don't want to say the magic out of it, but like when I think of bliss and I think of just like pure joy and unadulterated happiness and just this way of being that is so divine and so promising with so much potential that as we discuss it, I'm like, well, is that it? Yeah, <laughs> is it just me? But I was like, I'm like, well, gosh, it's like not as... Is it? Is it? Is it really? But everything in theory is never the same as when it's in practice. And I've learned this time and time again. Fair. So you know what? Like we can talk when I think about when we recorded like the first episode of this whole podcast and we were talking about karma. Did I know that karma was going to end up where it was and how it would feel and what it would do or any of it? It makes me wonder how much of that we're going to see over social media in the coming years. You know how at some point we suddenly saw magic? Oh, you think we'll see bliss everywhere? I wonder if bliss will become a, you know, a buzzword in three years. Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, but you know what? We need new ideas in order to create new worlds, new ideals, and bring us into a new world, right? We need new fun ideas. We need something to strive for. We need a goal. We need need a point. And what's beautiful about bliss is that it's a feeling, so it's universal and that we can all strive for it, but it's so fucking personal because bliss bliss can only mean what it means to us. It'll only be expressed in how we experience bliss, Mm -hmm. which means... It's that beautiful idea of oneness where we're all experiencing the same thing in so beautifully different ways. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.